to the official podcast of the Canberra Raiders. Habili off the seas out now. He puts a kick out. Croak is there against. Oh, Jared Join us as we go Behind the Limelight. Yes, welcome to Behind the Limelight, the official Camberators podcast. And it's another wonderful edition. This episode, we're going to catch up with Corey Horsbra. He's going to join us and have a chat to us. We're also going to catch up with Blocker Roach. Something different for back in time to 89. We'll go to the opposition side of things. We'll review the Magic Round, our match against the Chooks, and also preview our Round 10 clash against South Sydney Rabbitohs here at GAO Stadium. So sit back and relax as we take you behind, behind the, the limelight. Gents, how are we? Of course, uh, Tommy Logan, John Croyder in starting in the on the run-on side this afternoon for Get, Ben Pollock. Getting a call up, mate. Welcome. Yeah, it's been good. Put a few good performances in for Manny's and, yeah, glad to be here. Here he is, of course. <laughs> Benny's away today, so Johnny takes his spot. Gents, let's just go straight into it. Uh, Magic Crown, what were your thoughts? Yeah, obviously it was a. It was always going to be a tough game going, going up against the, the ladder leaders, uh, the Sydney Roosters. Uh, it's been obviously pretty well reported that obviously our slow start cost us, which was a bit disappointing, but I think there was quite a lot of positives to take away from that game. Um, obviously the boys, you know, they can hold their heads high and, you know, just move on to next week. We've got, a, we've got a tough game against the Rabbitohs, so we, we have to, you know, switch back on and really uh, hit the track running on the training field. Big fortnight for us, and we all know in the game, uh, one good fortnight, you can go straight up the ladder. Mm-hmm. A bad fortnight, you can start to slide down. So they're still in fourth position. Johnny, it was a similar game against the Storm. We were playing the heavyweights there in round two. They kind of got a... Really good start, honestly, and led 16 points to nil, but uh, didn't drop our bundle. We got back into that contest and only lost by 10 or 12 points at the end. Identical circumstances against the Roosters. They got a 24-point lead. They were well and truly away by half time. but the fight in this team to get back into the, to get back into the game and only lose by a converted try at the end, which well and truly could have been a golden point game. Yeah, exactly. I think that it was a pretty good second-half performance, and those are the sort of games when you have like that heavy um, first-half deficit – if if that continues, that's when your momentum can kind of like run out a little bit. Mm. But I think um, the boys really lifted, and I think it was a it was a great second half, and it gives us a lot of uh, a lot of energy coming into this week against the uh, against the Rabbitohs, a big game like Tom said. Walking away from that game, knowing that you know what, it could it could have been a disaster, thirty points to six, but to crawl back and only lose by a converted try, it's just. It was almost like a win within a loss there. So it's not like a negative feeling, I know, amongst the people like yourselves and us fans and whatnot, but even across the group as well, talking to some of the boys down there, talking to the coaches, a really good high spirit at the moment. Yeah, you know, I, I know it's been touched up on touched up on a lot lately uh, that, you know, our defence has been getting a lot of the, the praise and that's obviously a fair enough point. But the thing that's impressed me the most this season is just the, the mentality of the team. You know, when we, we go behind... You know, none of the none of the players they they don't drop their heads or sort of you know kick up a storm or you know carry on a bit on the field. They just get on with the job and they just try and find a way to get back in it. And to do that against the Sydney Roosters and only come out of the game going six points behind, that's a pretty pretty good uh, reflection of their character. Yeah, exactly. And I think um, the, one of the big things with the Roosters is that they start well every game. They've blown mm. a lot of teams away. And the big thing for us was, was that second half. The thing that excites me is that there's so many young guys in the team and they're, they're getting experience and they're not, they're not backing down. And I think they're only going to get stronger as the season goes on and yeah. as we draw closer to um, the end of the regular season. And again, it just shows our depth. Of course, we come in there with no Bateman, no Tarpany, uh, obviously 
couple more injuries Leilua, there. Leilua yeah. was out, you know, like we're on the back of that. And all. and the fact that we put up a such a spirited performance against the champions, there's a lot to take out of that. Um, but what about Magic Round in general, gents? It was a nice little carnival round the first time we hit that in the NRL. They've taken that concept from the UK. Eight games of rugby league. For me personally, it was amazing. Uh, I was just jealous I didn't get to go over there. A couple of the guys here from Canberra, from our radio call team, went there. But it was just great to see a carnival atmosphere for this greatest game of all. Airports full of NRL jerseys. It was great to see. Oh, I wish I was up there myself, mate. But obviously, I couldn't make it as well. And um, you didn't get to start just, over, Benny. No, no, no. Unfortunately, uh, other commitments came into uh, consideration for my absence there. But um, yeah, it just looked like a, overall. I, I saw photos and videos of uh, just around the, the city of Brisbane throughout the whole weekend, and I just thought, oh, this looks amazing. In terms of magic round for me, I think my favourite shot of the whole weekend was photos of of SunCorp with everyone wearing their Raiders Hawaiian shirts. Mm. Like that is. That is the dream. And to me, wish it was just that warm to wear a Hawaiian shirt down here, to be honest. But um, I thought that it looked excellent, like a great atmosphere. The only thing that's probably a little bit questionable was that, uh, was that bubble that um, some yeah. of the Fox guys had. Well, there's, there's been questions about the inside aspect of it, the financial, logistical side of it. What, it. what does it bring back to the NRL? Of course, the Queensland government are involved. But I think just on a carnival atmosphere, we speak about the, the sevens and the nines. The nines are kind of being reformatted. But just where you can go and have a drink or dinner before a game and see a mate wearing a St. George jersey, it's like, how are you guys going to go today? Yeah, we're going to go. Robert, what about you, Blacks? How are you going to go? It just brings that... Um, conformity of all you know rugby league and you know we're a greatest game of all we're probably one of the, the best spectator sports probably you know second to the afl so why not put it under a carnival carnival vibe well yeah i think that that, that carnival vibe really really suits it. and i don't think tv really does it justice no. either um i think it's something that you have to be there for a bit like a bit like the viking club you see it on tv and you go that's amazing but then once you've experienced it it's like wow that was yeah. something else and i think being up there for magic round is just such a unique experience. Nothing in Australia really compares to it. I think it's a great initiative. Um, they spoke about Queensland having that stitched up for next year. Uh, I think taking it to Perth will be a good idea, but some people are pushing it for it in Sydney. Oh, I think I think you could probably a number of cities would be thrown up thrown up in uh, conversation. Like Canberra. Yeah, obviously, you know, it'd be great down here. I reckon a city like Newcastle would also be a great yeah. host for Magic Round. But I'd love they to should see tour it, it around. They I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it in a city like Perth, especially in a city that doesn't get to see much rugby league action at all. Well, the whole concept from the UK—they had the first one in Wales. They have them in Scotland, in Manchester to grow the game. Um, so obviously, they don't need growth in you know a stronghold like Brisbane. But anyway, um, it's great. Can't wait to see it again. All right, gents, we bounced out of the Roosters game, round 10 at GIA Stadium, finally back at home after a bit of a – it's been forever since we've played at home. Uh, match day sponsor, Coca-Cola, we take on Team 2 in our rugby league optical course of uh, the top two teams in two weeks. We've got the South Sydney Rabbitohs, probably one of the form teams up there, the Bunnies, and in my hot little hand, you've just given me there, Tommy Logan, the team sheet. And let's talk about some of the team inclusions and exclusions from the game. Nick Cottridge uh, – a man that really dominated the 20s in the centres. He played Australian schoolboys in the centres. Everyone's been talking about when is Nick Cottridge going to be in the centres. He's had a stint at fullback at times, but this week Ricky Stewart has named him in the centres. I'll go through the team. Charles Nickel, Clockstad, Bailey Simonson will start on the wing. Croker and Cottridge there in the centres. Oldfield goes back to the wing, of course. Whiten and Williams, the halves. The pack, Papali Hodgson, Zanamos Louis, Hudson Young starts once again. Elliot Whitehead and Ryan Sutton. And the bench, Havili, 
Soliola and Corey Horsburgh. But in jumping up at 15, making his Raiders debut, Sebastian Christians. Yeah, it's an excellent um, achievement for him. He's uh, played in that same 20 side that uh, Nick Kodrick was in as well. Mm. I remember, he, I think I was there Local for his, boy. Yeah, same same junior club too, Valley Dragons. I remember seeing his um, NYC debut at the time. It was 2016, pretty sure it was against the Dragons at Jubilee Stadium. Uh, and I just remember watching him and go, this, this kid's got something. Quick, a strong, and in Manny's, like he's still eligible for twenties. Wow! But he has been really strong in defence so far for Manny's. I've been really impressed with, with what I've seen from him. Geez, there must be some spirit in that behind that door here at HQ. The fact that Ricky just keeps pulling out these debutants—that's number six for the year, Tommy Logan. Yeah, it's obviously a great sign of uh, the depth on offer that we have here at the club. And like, I'm really excited to see this debut. I think, like Johnny said, I've been keeping a bit of a close eye on Sebastian Chris uh, coming through Jersey Flag and obviously making that transition from Flag to uh, New South Wales Cup. And he's been a player that's been really impressive. You know, he's very strong, carries the ball well, and like Johnny said, he's got great. De- he's got a he's got a big, big uh, work rate on him, and he's very strong in defence. Exciting to see Nicky there in the centres, obviously, the fact that way he can break a tackle. I remember talking to Ricky in the previous years about he was very cautious about moving him away from the wing. We don't want to we don't want to weaken his strength, you know, with, with his return, you know, carries out of, out of danger, or, you know, he gets a set up at the 20 metre line for the first tackle. But I think having him in the centres and getting some more ball, some early ball, some clear ball as well, up against some of those centres there, it could be, he could be quite damaging. We could be making something of, of Nicky here. Yeah, exactly. He's been in incredibly strong since he made his NRL debut. He's powerful. It's exciting to see him in open space. But I think the form of um, Bailey just really lets yeah. him um, lets him make that move and lets Rick make that choice without having to really worry because Bailey's been fantastic every time he's taken to the field, whether it be for Mounties or for the Raiders. Well, he came on that field, uh, obviously, for Rappin' last week. He, had some good, he made some good metres And well. he was he's part of strong. the climb back. His energy that mm. he brought onto the field, it kind of put him on the front foot. Just mentioning Rapana, of course, has been known today. He's out for four weeks. Just talking to Nige, best healer in the club. Four could be three, two. We've got to wait and see. But ACL, PCL, sorry, could have been a lot worse if it was an ACL. I reckon you might have given a few listeners a heart attack there. <laughs> yes, because we don't want to hit a, a, a bird there. So, anyway, gents, let's do this. Now, behind the limelight predictions, our crystal ball. I'll start with you, Tommy Logan. We didn't get any. I did. I got uh, Charles and Pox there to get a try. Yeah, you So, you, I'll claim you that. Yep. I'll claim that point. Who did you get? Uh, I think I went with Elliot Whitehead to yes. cross over. Yeah. And Benny went with um, something similar, too. But missed out. Anyway, the South Sydney Bunnies, we play them. We'll start with you, Tommy Logan, mate. Might as well go ahead. Well, I'm going to continue on with the familiar sort of theme here, and I'm going to say I've, I've just got a feeling that Ryan Sutton's in for a big game. I think he, I think he'll cross over, and also he'll he'll handle himself very well against potentially some future international teammates. Yes, Johnny, what do you got for us, mate? I was a bit nervous having to make my first prediction, so I've been having a bit of a think, looking up some stats. Michael Oldfield, since he's come to the Raiders, he's always scored against his former clubs. Mm. So I'm bagging him to get a double against the Rabbitohs. Well, he scored on debut a few years ago against South on that Saturday night. So, mate, I hope he keeps uh, getting over the trial line. Two tries in the last performance against South here at GIO as well. Okay, that's a pretty good one there. Mine, for me, I'm going to back Chotrich to score a double from the centres to finish off a couple of good back line moves and to take a few bodies over the line, a la BJ. 
and to get a couple of meat pies for the boys in a 12-point win over the Bunnies. He did score last time against the Bunnies in, at GIO Stadium last season, and yeah, hopefully that continues again. I just think him closer to the action now will just get him a little bit more ball and just get him a bit more aggressive in there. And we've got Simonson to do with those carries. Oldfield's been, as you mentioned there, Johnny, he's been fantastic for us this year. Good feel about this week. So get out there and support the boys. Um, let's get them home. We've had some good crowds this year and that 15,000 mark. The yeah. boys just look where we are. We're coming fourth. We're playing against uh, the big boys are in town. Wayne Bennett's mob. Let's get down there. Massive crowd at GIO. It's looking- let's bring the boys home. I can, bruh. Mr. Corey Hawes, bruh. G'day. How What's are you, happening? Corey? Yeah, good. How are you? Mate, I'm a bit fluid today, but that's all good. First question, mate, I'd like to ask all the boys that have come from interstate, how you're finding the nation's capital? Uh, what's some of your sweet spots? Um, loving it. Um, obviously love the town strip. Um, don't really get around much, but yeah, I love um, the town. It's just nice. Nice and good in the summer, but cold in the winter. Mate, you're the walking, talking example of uh, you take no for an answer. So for the off-season, you, know, you, you train pretty hard through the November period, through to the before the trials, and then we Ricky come out in the news and said, well, there's some guys that have really surprised me over over the break. And we, we see the team sheet for the Titans in round one, and there's a, a young Corey Horsburgh named on the bench. That would have been such a whirlwind for you because you always dream about playing first grade, and yeah. the time came pretty early, probably earlier than expected, one might say. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't think I was going to be there round one, but it was definitely my goal to play this year. So I was, yeah, definitely shocked when I seen it. It was obviously great, especially uh, I remember when the um, you obviously came onto the field for the first time. The cameras panned uh, to your old man who was in the crowd, proudly wearing the Canberra Raiders Hawaiian mm. uh, pineapple shirt. Um, yeah. Geez, that must have been pretty exciting, especially when you told your old man that you were going to be making your NRL debut. Yeah, it was um, a real special moment, like for me and my family, especially that they've been um, along this journey the whole way with me, and it was made me real happy to see how proud they were. What was it not like the night before in the hotel room when you about to run out? On your first uh, game in first grade, and what was the week like? Um, the was it different for you? Um, yeah, it, it it didn't really feel real. Like I did, I, I didn't really like. It didn't really hit me till probably after I played, and then I couldn't really sleep that night. But before the lead up the week, I was just excited. I wasn't really nervous, but after that, I was like, "Well, I just yeah." Pretty crazy game to get into because yeah. it was bucketing yeah. down rain, so the yeah. ball would have been a bit hard to to handle. Um, quite impressive. There were a few mistakes from the team, but what really impressed, I thought, the fans and everyone else was the fact that you came out there and, and really showed your weight in that defensive line. Now, they, they always talk about this year we've gone for that lighter pack. And they always say what you lack in size, you make up with aggression. And we've got a guy called Jay Bateman. But yourself, you kind of got that aggression in your game as well. Does Ricky give you the licence to go run out and and to do that? Um, yeah. Um, he just, as long as I control it, I think he, I think he loves it. But, um, yeah, I've just got to... Is that your style, though? Yeah. It was probably a, a bit worse when I was younger, but now that I'm up here, I've got to control it a bit more. But, yeah, I love the hard work. Yeah, love it. So just uh, just for some of our listeners who probably might not know a bit much about you, Corey, so tell yep. us a bit about your background. Obviously, you're a, you're a North Queensland boy originally. Yep. Uh, you spent last year, I guess, sort of you originally were in the Jersey Mounties Jersey flag side, but you yep. quickly made the transition to New South Wales Cup with Mounties as well. Yep. Um, how did the move come about? Uh, to the Canberra Raiders in the first place. And where were you playing your football before then? Um, well, I growing up, I played for Redcliffe Dolphin. That was my junior club. 
And then um, a lot of NRL obviously players to yeah, come yeah. through that. that um, yeah, they feed a club to the Cowboys, aren't they? Uh, I think they at the time they were Broncos. They fed to Brisbane. Mm. Yeah, I got um, I played under twenties at Redcliffe, and then I, I played a right when I was a young fella there, and I got picked up. I got offered a training trial from Cowboys. I don't think any other club was interested at the time, and then um, yeah, train real hard and. Train real hard to get a like a contract with under twenties, and then two years there, and then now, um, when I was nineteen, Ricky, Ricky gave me a ring, like halfway through the year, three quarters way through the year, and said, "Um, I really like how you play, mate, and uh, I, I'd like you down here." And then I just thought about it. So you were obviously playing under like the likes of Matt Scott and Tamalolo. Did you learn much from those guys? Um, yeah, they were, they were, um, Matt Scott. He's one well, one of my favorite players growing up, so it was cool watching mm. playing before him and stuff each week. Even though I think he was injured my second year, but mm. yeah, it was really cool to. So you're a Queenslander. Yeah, Queenslander, I love it. Another redhead Queenslander. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, you would have uh, spent a lot of your childhood watching, obviously Queensland during their state of origin dominance. Were there any particular players, you know, not just from the Queensland Maroons, but maybe from the North Queensland Cowboys that you particularly looked up to or modelled your game around in particular? Um, I really liked how Matt Scott, the Corey Park is, um, just how tough and do whatever they have to do for the team to get the win, just like that style of play. What was it like uh, with JT around the traps, playing yeah. playing in a football clique with blokes like JT walking around? Yeah, Did you learn was, much from him? Uh, just the way he kind of holds himself, like he's a real general, genuine bloke and kind of that's how he, how he is on, on and off the field, I'd say. Yeah, big Raiders like fan that. as a kid, JT, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Good guy. Yeah. Mate, uh, we turn on to this week up against South Sydney. They're known for their for their forward pack, of course, the Burgess brothers. They're killing it at the moment. They're coming second, one of the form teams. We start our second phase of the obstacle course. We had the Roosters last week. First of all, how did you pull up against a team? Do you notice a difference when you're playing a top team? The intensity, obviously, they're the reigning champs. You've got blokes like Cordon, Cronk, Kiri, yeah. you know, Tedesco. Oh, you could you could you could, you could go on here all day, day yeah. you know. Obviously, they, those backs. What was that like running out with the far, pace of the game? Because they kind of they get they. It looked like it was a little bit of a game where a bit of a nervous start for you guys. Could could you say? Yeah, yeah. It was a bit of a bit of a weird start. Bit of like um, a few early errors, a few penalties, and just took more off to get in the game. But I thought once we got into the game, we really gave it to them in that second half. But just a start, got to work on. Because you saw. A team like the Roosters, if you can, if they if they can get away on you early, you can just yeah. turn into anything. But yeah. the fact that you guys got back into the fight, what did Ricky say at halftime in regards to was it was it a positive vibe in the shed saying, look, we can just you know completions, we'll get back in there because you've got back in there and nearly nearly tied it up there at halftime. Yeah, uh, or he, sorry, full time. Yeah, I guess he he kind of just said, um, to go back to what we do best, um, kick in the corners, d up real good, and the momentum will swing and. Uh, we did that, like, the set, I think that first set they scored, but after that I thought we really tightened up and gave it to them, like, in the, de- in the defense. So. What's it like tackling Hargraves? It was good. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed what the challenge. What does it feel like? Um, the car accident? Yeah, he runs hard. But, yeah, I enjoy it. Good fun. I think if we're on the whole 80 minutes, we'll, we'll surprise a lot of people and we'll, we'll beat them comfortably, I feel, if we put a whole 80-minute performance on. And good to be back at home. Yep. I mean, we had the home game against Walker, but that was a travel three weeks away. It must be just such a relief now to get back in front of the home crowd on the back of a good, strong Viking clap. Yeah, expecting a strong crowd as well down there as well. So, uh, Match Day sponsor Coca-Cola? 
yes, that's correct. Um, but yeah, just get on down there and um, hopefully we'll see a strong crowd. Corey, in summary, mate, uh, what's your favourite thing about the Canberra Raiders? Um, the history, history, proud history of the club. Uh, I really enjoy learning it and um, just all the boys and staff. All real top top bloke. Obviously, counts are big on the on the history with your quizzes and your and your weekly little yeah. assessments. What some of the what some of the plays from the past that you've kind of drawn a liking to? You probably met a few on the way. I know that you had Badge and Gary Coyne in the sheds last week and that kind of stuff. Big Lazo's been around. Yeah. Have you warmed to any of the old boys um, at all? Have you called any up as well? No, I I, I actually had Ricky Stewart as my old boy. I just uh, ring up, but um, yeah, I like um. <laughs> Yeah, Glennie and um, probably Dean Lanter, the two that I really like, what enjoyed. Yeah, mate, if you need any more information, mate, just uh, give me a call. <laughs> I'll get you up to date. Well, another thing too, just before we before we uh, close off, the one thing I noticed and it was quite impressive without embarrassing you, Ricky put you back into Mounties to kind of get some more run in your legs, and he was kind of rotating that uh, sixteen and seventeen position. And I seen you before the game. I think it was against. I think it was against the Broncos, or what was the week before that? I think it was against Parramatta. That game that you had to go play play Mounties at home. And I yep. saw you before the game and I had a chat to you and you looked really, really focused. You looked really, really excited to be out there and to go out there and to lead the Mounties team around. And that must have been – that was really impressive to see that, man. Yeah, yeah. I guess I just had to move on. I was a bit um, bit rattled the first few days, a bit sad, but I, I realised I just had to go out and put my best foot forward and try to get back in. Well, you went out and you had like th- you had three touches in that first set and you – were part of that team going 90 metres there. So yeah. it was quite evident that you were there to play some footy yeah. until you got sent off. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> wrong call. Anyway, thanks again, mate. All the best against uh, the big game against the, the Bunnies. I'm sure if you just keep doing what you're doing, mate, uh, you'll do well. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Celebrating the 30th anniversary of the Green Machine's epic 1989 Grand Final victory. This week, as we go back in time to 89, we try something a little different. Uh, we're going to catch up with one of the Balmain Tigers from the day. The international prop forward that we know was Blocker. So we go back in time to 89. Balmain Tigers prop forward, Steve Roach. Blocker. Ah, good morning. What's happening? Mate, I just need to ask uh, your experience through to 89. You guys uh, got beat by Canberra in the 88 grand final, so 89 might have been your year. The Bulldogs, they kind of fell away towards the end. You guys got to the grand final. What was your experience leading up to it? Uh, was it was there confidence in the air? I mean, obviously the town of Leichhardt would have been behind you. 89, yeah, mate. It was, um, you know, it was, it was pretty cool, you know, getting, getting to the grand final and, you know, I suppose you know when you when you look back at the game and you look at how many, I think there was about twenty six internationals or blokes that had played for um, New South Wales or Queensland mm. or New Zealand. So um, when you have a look at the, the the blokes that were on the field that day, it was uh, you know it was uh, well represented. Um, I'd have to say that you know the Canberra Raiders were a lot of up and comers, but they they turned out to be superstars of the game. Well, they dominated they dominated uh, the nineties and. You know, Canberra with the team, you know, some wonderful, wonderful players in there. I got the tour with a lot of those guys and, mate, uh, really, at the end of the day, there's no real disrespect being beaten by those guys in the grand final. It's great to see that you became friends with Mal, obviously, you know, Laurie and Ricky through the origin period, you know, Bradley Clyde, Boxhead mm. Walters, but 
And there was a, a couple of big hits, a couple of personal endeavours with uh, good old Deanie Lance, uh, that yeah, big hit. Yeah. He threw him over the sideline in one play, and then the next one he come out and put a hit on you. And a lot of the Raiders blokes say that hit that Lancey put on blocker really lifted us. Well, mate, the great thing about our game is everyone gets got. <laughs> it doesn't matter who you are. Uh, yeah, mate, um, yeah, it was a good hit. Um, might have been hit by that, by that before anyway, so... Uh, you know, it didn't really phase us, but it lifted them. Obviously, um, I think what lifted them more was, you know, was the, the extra time when when Ciro and I couldn't come back out in the field. In those days, only two replacements, even in international yeah. football and state of origin and all that sort of stuff. You know, I see a lot of times now the guys, you know, talking about the interchange and all that. But in those days, if you got dragged, you got dragged, and that was it. And um, you know, unfortunately for us, you know, we we couldn't recover an extra time. Very evident, of course, on screen there. You showed your disappointment. It was quite transparent. It would have been, obviously, Wok had a, had an idea there to, to put a replacement on it. You know, For yourself to be sitting on the bench, seeing your team go an extra time, you just wanted to get out there, didn't you? Yeah, but unfortunately, that's uh, that's the way it goes, mate. You know, the coach is a coach, mate. You know, I, I can say, you know, I wasn't happy about it, but the coach is a coach, mate. They make decisions and they live by the decisions and die by them. And, you know, you know had we a one... Had we the one, I'd have, you know, everyone would have been patting him on the back. You know, it was just yeah. just one of those things. You know. Now the game block has been has been mentioned. It's been touted as you know one of the greatest grand finals of all time thus far. Mm. How do you look back at it now? Obviously, it would have been heartbreaking for you and Piercy and the whole team that you didn't get the chocolates, mm. especially coming back from '88 as well. Um, yeah. it, would, it would have taken a while to kind of process that. But how do you look at it now in 2019? I would have rather played in the worst grand final of all time and won than <laughs> play in the best one and lose. Yeah. Still hurts? <laughs> Put it that way. Oh, of course. Yeah, of course, mate. You know, that was... Uh, well, I was suspended in the, the 88 grand final, so I got suspended leading into it. So, 89 was really the only time that I uh, that I got to play in one. But, mate, you know the old saying, mate, it's better to have loved than never have loved. So, yeah. we got there. There's a, there's a million people out there or millions of people out there that never got the opportunity to play in one. So, you know, we played in one. We got beat by the better side and you know, I'm, you know, that, mate. You could never ever be upset or you know down on yourself being beaten by those guys. You know, of Gary Belcher and Mel Meninga and Chica Ferguson and Big Lazo up front who turned out, you know, probably just behind Arthur Beetson as the greatest front row ever to play. So Stevie Walters, you know, Dean Lance, you know, all those guys. Bradley Clyde, a very underrated Bradley Clyde, never gets mentioned really mm. in in the great players. I reckon he was, uh, I reckon he was a sensational player. He, he virtually changed the way that running forwards played. So, uh, you know, they were a great side, mate. So there's a couple of stories there mentioned before the game. You guys got handed some jerseys and they were like just way too large for you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, our, um, our jersey supplier were Canterbury uh, at the time, you know, the, the Triple C. Mm. And uh, we put our jumpers on and, mate, they were down below, below our knees. Poor old Mickey Neal looked like he had a night, night dress on. It went down to his ankles. <laughs> So they had to cut all the jumpers, uh, but you know what? You know, I reckon, I reckon, sort of in those sort of situations, those sort of grand finals and all that, I think everything's got to go along smoothly. Yeah. Uh, for things to be meant to be, you know, like you know, think about, think back about it. You know, Mickey Neal gets ankle tapped, Benny Elias hits the black dot. You know. Yeah. You know, if he's if he's four centimeters taller, we win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's that's the way it goes, mate. You know and. You know, at least, uh, you know, at least we're sort of, you know, written down in history, mate. That was the best one, but as I say, mate, I would have, would have rather played in the worst one and won. And there was that funny story that you mentioned about good old Stevie, Stevie Jacko Jackson. Yeah, I was going on a cruise with uh, with Loz and Mal and all that sort of stuff. 
uh, uh, he came up to me and said, oh, you probably won't remember won't remember me. I said, I remember you ruined my life, mate. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was a great try. And, um, you know, obviously, as I say, mate, the rest is history. Um, when you have a look at it in the big moments, you know, Canberra were better in the bigger moments than us that day. Blocker, one thing I want to ask as well, and that's of interest over the current Raiders squad, you played in a team, probably not all at once, but throughout the late 80s you had Gary Schofield, Sean Edwards, of course, Courier, Ellery Hanley had that kind of really... The Tigers had the most Englishmen playing in the NRL. We look at the Raiders today, we've got four of them playing. How was it for you playing with those guys? Mate, they were unreal. I only ever seen I only ever seen the hill at Leichhardt stand for two people. One was Larry Corroy, and the other one was Ellery Hanley. Yeah. Every time he got the football... I mean, if it wasn't for Ellery Hanley in 88, we wouldn't have got to the grand final. He was... Out now, superstar. Uh, Lee Cooks played with our club. Gary Schofield, uh, Correa, the milk bottle we used to call him. It was a bit like a milk bottle, but geez, he could he could find the try line and kick goals and everything. But uh, yeah, no, I think it was I think it was a connection through Keith Barnes. You know? yeah. So I thought it was a brilliant move from Ricky Stewart to you know to to grab Hodgson and then all of a sudden rack his brain and find out who the best the best in the next three are and they've gone and got him and I, I think it's just it just shows you that you think outside the square. You can, you know, you can you can make your team good. And mate, I love the way they play. Uh, you know, I love Bateman. I like the way he's come to the club and just all of a sudden exploded. And uh, you know, they're, they're they're good players. It's great to see that the current day rugby league play playing in England. They know if they want to really test their arm with their skill, that's in the NRL. And mm. and the good thing about these boys is they don't complain about the cold. No, well, mate, they think it was a summer holiday camp at Canberra, wouldn't they? <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know? I mean, but you, you, you hit it on the head. Like, when I when I played in England, you played in the winter. Yeah. Uh, mate, it was, mate, it was terrible. It was horrific. But they're, they're tough men, mate, the, 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 the problems. Blocker, always great to talk to you down here in Canberra, and I hate to bring no up uh, any wounds, but thank you for joining us uh, for Back in Time at 89. Yeah, not a problem. Good on you. 